Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. Outkick 360 is back. Wednesday edition is here. 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Plenty of topics to get to today. College football heavy. NFL heavy. Primary complaint coming up in 45 minutes and much more. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Boys, I am pissed off for greatness today. I am fired up. I am ready to go. I have stoked the fires of the college baseball Illuminati, who they have got Once their again. pitchforks out. Once again. They are on their way after me. They're coming to get me. All the college baseball people out there that just hate me now, I love it. I want all of them to know that you fuel me to a just outstanding, <laughs> stellar performance on today's show. I am fired up and ready for this show. I'm ready to talk some college football. I'm ready to talk whatever the hell we want to talk about today. How about that? And uh, I've pissed off every Nashville Predators reporter in oh, town. Oh, yes. So, yes. Uh, Once the, again. The two, <laughs> Predator Illuminati. <clears throat> so the two of us have done good work. I had a meeting this morning at Iron Tribe, and I'm considering joining Iron Tribe. My friend David has had great success there. It's been too long since I've had uh, a workout shaped by somebody else. It's close to home. Knockout 45-minute workout, you know, in – in a, I can I can do it in an hour and 10 minutes, probably, door to door. And uh, I'm, I'm overdue for it. I'm going to go do a trial one tomorrow. So you guys will see me as a physical wreck after uh, doing something formal for the first time. And I will make a judgment after that. We will wheel Paul to, yeah. The, yeah. to the broadcast area. Here Come in here like Peabody. sweet Chuck. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna carry you yeah, the entire show. I mean, it's like to the it limping to the finish line. We send Jacob and Corey out to carry you in. Yeah, It'll be fun content. We can make this, uh, make this happen. This is not my primary complaint, but um, just You'd never burn it. People fired yeah, up it, at it me. Can't be your primary complaint. No, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, but uh, the people who just like to insult you, like there's so many things you could insult me with about right like you could you know, people sometimes pick my looks or uh something i've worn or uh, who i work for or whatever but when you just completely fabricate something about this show or my career i i can't stand it like i i have to stop but i feel the urge to set the record straight when someone says that like i I see the numbers. Like, I know what audience is. I know if we've gone up or down. So if you say something that's factually incorrect, I'm going to check you on it. Uh, uh, anyways. That, I had a good really insult contest with a couple high school girls the other day. Really? I was driving uh, on the front row. Wow. Hutton's can't believe I haven't brought it up. Uh, I was driving in front of the Publix. I was is this going, over the, the kissing booth? or No, no. I was going <laughs> to uh, buy the final supplies for our year-end party for our baseball team that we hosted. 
Um, so some final beer and ice and the like for your for your youth baseball. Yes, team. for Simon's the, team. The beer for the youth. Baseball. Well, the, they, they have a nice they, progression. They, the youth have parents. The youth have parents. to get the supplies. That's how you get rid of the the emotions of losing. Who knew Paul was Walter Matthau with that these bears? These kids have parents, Chad. Um, so I turned, you know, on the main uh, wide road in front of the Publix, and lo and behold, two young high school girls are choosing to walk relatively in the middle of that road. Were they in the exact middle? No. Were they closer to the middle than the side? No. Was I in a mood? Yes. I rolled out the window. You got and Jacob said, rolling in there today. Jacob Swanson's loving it. I'm loving Jacob. A little louder, Jacob. I love it. No, it's great. I rolled down the great window and noise. I say, get the bleep out of the middle of the road. <laughs> and the one girl, the, the talker of the two, says. She was the alpha yeah, of the two, you're yeah. saying. She says, does this look like the middle of the road? And I said, it looks, I like that comeback. It looks more like the middle than the side where you should be. And she said, you look ugly. <laughs> She won that. <laughs> yeah. And so then Paul's I, like, so I rolled my window. I mean, window. What, do you, what do you respond well, with? Then I, I, rolled, I rolled my window up and cried. Then I go through a Costanza-like um, replay where I wasn't as sharp as I should have been. I went and parked the car. I thought of it in time, but they were gone. It was like the jerk store, you know, the shrimp, yes. the shrimp thing, like the jerk store. And I, and I wanted to say, I should have said, it's more important to be smart than beautiful. <laughs> Well, that they, would have really hurt them. You're also. What if she was? What if her response was, "Are you calling a 16 year old girl beautiful?" <laughs> I, and she wasn't that. I, on, she wasn't that my, good looking, by dad. the way, either. Are yeah, you hitting well, on me, sir? A, a, she wasn't that. It's the pretty. confidence that counts. And B, uh, while I'm not the most attractive man in the world, uh, we've had this conversation before. There is a segment of the female population that finds my type very pleasing. <laughs> Eleven to fifteen percent, I say. Of women, it's a passionately devoted have, small yes. segment of women. Yes. yes, and I'm satisfied with that grouping because those people really dig my game, and I married well, these, one of them. These didn't. No, these, these didn't. But uh, did they miss the traffic school day in fifth grade I'll, where you don't walk in the middle well, of the road? Again, I'll, I'll argue. We've been on Super Bowl Radio Row for you know teens of years now doing yeah. the show. This collective is longer than these girls have been alive. <laughs> Correct. Yes, I, I started when you were born, honey, going to the Super yeah. Bowl. Um, this this collective here is top five percent of all sports talk radio hosts in America, from a look standpoint. <laughs> well, and a dress standpoint. We also put on shirts with collars. Well, I, as I'm telling you, no you go, you go to no that event, I don't own sweatpants. I mean, you would think that this is Bradley Cooper, Brad Pitt, and Leo when you go on George. Radio Row. Like, who are these guys? Yeah. I mean. It, we are the talk of Radio Row. We are so much better looking yeah. than most sports, sports talk radio, radio is an ugly, ugly business. It is a very, very ugly I, and business. And when we say ugly yeah. business, we're not talking about the business. We're talking about the people. We're talking about exactly. uh, God, the looks of the people. Yeah, some dude with a salami stuck to his cheek when he walks to his <laughs> midday show. I'm thinking of one guy in Conducting particular. an interview with Travis Kelsey. Yeah. The sweatpants. <laughs> just, you know, sl- we're on deck. Yeah, some yeah. dude just slobbering over Annie Agar on Radio <laughs> Row. That's got my mustard stain on his navel. The sweatpants, the sweatpants comment really got me thinking about one guy in particular just ambling oh, around. Man. I think he didn't. He didn't guys. pack a suitcase because he didn't need. Because he knew he was going to wear those sweatpants all week. Paul, I thought about you last night in the movie theater because your aversion to going to the movies because of people. Yeah, I and just hate the people. It, Tuesday night, I'm thinking it's going to be a slow night and for the movies, right? 
no get up to that kiosk. So. You know, you don't even go to the actual person anymore. They don't have anyone there. You go work the kiosk. You pick your seats out. I look up and I said, we got a problem. There are a lot <laughs> of tickets people. already purchased and there's not many open. I'm thinking this is a, we're going to have a well-trafficked, you know, 645 showing of Elvis. Is this the $5 movie on a night Tuesday or whatever, night in Mount Julia. whatever it is? No, well, it's, it's half off, I think, for Regal Crown members maybe. But I think it's just popcorns. Half Are you off. a member? Anyway, I am. So um, we get <laughs> our seats and we're proud. sort of up close. But the whole section behind us is booked. Okay, whatever. You know, it's probably an older crowd going to see Elvis. There was an oxygen tank in front of us. I mean, oh. a literal guy with an oxygen tank. And his wife in front so of us. So you're sitting behind Darth Vader. There was, a very, <laughs> there was a very old couple to our left. And Paul, behind us, were nine high school girls. I'm out. I'm out of the contest. And the entire run of the trailers, they were so loud. Sure making hell. little inside it's jokes. It's just trailers. Laughing, talking it up. They're like the one guy that's with them. It's like joking with the old couple next to him, introducing himself. And like, oh, Dylan, you're so funny. Oh, it's just so great. You didn't, no one wants to sit on the end. Who's going to sit on the end? They were arguing who's going to sit on the end because they all wanted to sit together the whole time. Did you turn and glare at all? And I turned to Angie and I said, and I was thinking about you. I was like, this is the first time in a while. And I don't go to nearly <laughs> as many movies where I'm thinking we've made a big mistake. <laughs> Massive mistake. Like we have got, we're going to be either the ones that I'm going to turn around like I did one time when I almost got in a fight watching Creed 2 with the guy who was like making weird noises the whole movie. I'm going to turn around and yell at these kids to shut up early in the movie, or we're going to have to stand up and go find empty seats as the movie's going to get away from them. Any babies? No babies. No, not like a lot of cell phone on. conversations in the middle of film. No, but to their credit, and I was shocked, they shut up the moment the, the lights dimmed and the movie came on, didn't hear from them again. So. It's a shock. I don't know what the lesson is here. I mean, that's a major upset. But my... My expectations were this is going to be an awful That's experience. UMBC beating Virginia. And it was great. And, by the way, Elvis, powerful. Then to tie in this, uh, this whole conversation, uh, the two girls that Paul was referencing were also sitting behind Chad last and night. And they the did not find him attractive. I, yeah, I thought it was weird. They called me ugly. <laughs> but I turned around and said that's, that's, like, that's just a go-to line. They uh, go around. Like, Ma'am, why are you with they, this ugly man? They call. Yeah, they said to Angie. You could have done I, I do, so though, much better. Like you did with the two high school girls, Paul, I'm really looking for the opportunity to just see how old man I am when I snap at a group of teenagers and to see their response. Like, is the response going to be you're ugly, sit down, or just complete silence? I like, think this you guy look ugly. might be unhinged and we need to shut up and obey his authority. I'm looking for, the, if they would have talked five minutes in the movie, they may have tested that where I stood up. I, I was one of those moments where I stand up for the theater. And yell at all of them, like and then Bible they shut class. up, and everybody applaud. You know, five minutes into Elvis, the theaters would have been like your leadership in that Bible school. That's class. what happened when I yelled at the guy at Creed too. Everybody behind him started applauding me, and the guys, of course, threatening me and yelling at me the whole walk out of the theater. Didn't stop the beating you took, but you got a no. good, good I'm round treat of you applause. Like Apollo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was I was Ivan Drago's son in this scenario, and he was Adonis Creed. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Um, coming up, we will get into uh, the new ACC schedule format. But beyond that, uh, Freddie Freeman fires his agency. Um, a headline from yesterday that we didn't get to, we'll carry over to today. Uh, one thing that, that leads the headlines today, guys, and this is, this is the mind-numbing news cycle of what is the NFL. So how many weeks now have we gone on with these reports that the NFL wants and is going to lobby for Deshaun Watson to be suspended for at least 
a full season. It started this weekend. So no, it's it was before that. before that. It was before and that. Now it, it, was like Friday, it was the Friday that you and I were doing the show together. So, yeah. hold on. Are you asking NFL media or reports that the NFL was going to push for it? NFL the, media has been pushing for at least a year That the a NFL while. was going to push for the full season. It's when you were in Dollywood. I, saw, I feel like the first report I saw was Saturday when I was in Dollywood. So, yeah. go ahead and make it official right now. Now they're, they're now, splitting. Now, now it goes back to the agreement, the settlement that could be made where the Associated Press is reporting that while they want a full season, they would accept a six to eight game suspension for Deshaun Watson with the NFLPA. So she's got and all the they, latitude in the world. Not they that she want didn't anyway. what the NFL would prefer, according to the Associated Press. Um, they, they would prefer to come to an agreement with the NFLPA where based on what Sue Robinson decrees is punishment, is agreed upon, recommended by her, no appeal, it's in effect. No appeal and no revision by Goodell. It would be, it would be negotiated and settled, going back to the third option that I brought up yesterday. Six to eight games is vastly different than a full season, which goes like, so for all the public praise that the NFL is receiving through media, like they're, you know, they're finally taking a stance here. It's all a negotiating tactic to get absolutely what they wanted to begin with, which was six to eight games, which is where we were six to eight months ago on this timeline. This is maddening to me. And it's why that a tweet from Schefter or a, a tweet from Rappaport four months ago or two weeks ago can be sped up, and I'm not just singling them out, but those are the guys that we look at and say, man, the NFLPA is thinking this, or the NFL is looking at doing that. We have been referencing these reports now for weeks, and ultimately, as they get together in front of Sue Robinson, they will settle on whatever the suspension is going to be, which goes back in line with, why did he settle the, the cases that he could right now, right before this meeting was going to take place. This hearing was going to take place. And it's because it would ease both sides to then agree on a possible suspension without an appeal. That's all this came down to. I, I still think, I mean, this is one, one report. I mean, Maskey. No different than the one report about the full season that everybody is group thinking on and just repeating and regurgitating. I, I understand that, but, um, I still think there's potential for it to be more than, than six to eight. Um, I hope there is, based on how long they seemingly were, were targeting that. I hope they're not jerking it around so much. I don't understand how it goes from 12 to eight, how it goes from 17 to, or 17 plus indefinite to as low as six so quickly. I, I, unless they have some some reasoning to think that that's what she's going to recommend. I think they're going to get killed if that's what happens after the uh, football fandom and the media have been conditioned for unlimited. I agree they're going to get killed. I also don't think it matters. Right. I think it's all ether. That does not matter to the NFL. The quicker they get Deshaun Watson back, playing games with fans booing him, with eyeballs watching him play for the Browns, the better for their bottom line. I think there's going to be 
you know, some dissent from media, from fans initially, and I think they'll get over it by the end of the season. So it goes back to Paul. I don't um, know that that's right, Paul, but I, I think it, that's the way it's going to end up. I mean, people are going to be mad, but it's not going to matter to the NFL. Was, was Deflategate 2017? I'm not going to remember year it, by year. It was can find it a quickly. handful of years ago. But that offseason was fueled by that topic, right? And I, I remember distinctly having the, the topic on our show. Of 2015. 2015. Paul, I remember you brought up, you're like, hey, no matter where you come down on this argument, because we, we had some heated discussions about how much it mattered, what it affected, and long-term, what's going to be for the legacy of all, you know, we can rehash that in, in uh, on other Mount Rushmore discussions for other shows. Point being, that's really all this offseason has been. A, bu- a bunch of back and forth about if the NFL does this, then what? Or if they don't do this... What's deserving here versus what we've seen the court system play out versus what they didn't do a year ago. I mean, I think at this point, the NFL public is kind of just tuned out on it until we actually hear something. And let me just read straight from the Associated Press. I'm also told this is Rob Mady, Mady of the Associated Press who's covering this. One of those two. I'm also told the NFL, despite insisting on indefinite suspension, wants to avoid the appeals process. And a source said, quote, a terrible situation for everyone involved, end quote. That's about getting good the, out of About it. the appeals process. Yes. So the league is more likely, this is straight from the report, the league is more likely to abide by Sue Robinson's ruling if she came back with six to eight games. It's so funny. Goodell used to want nothing more than to hand down the punishment. And now... That says he wants nothing more than to be uninvolved in this punishment. Behind well, the scenes, not, he's involved in lobbying I, Robinson. It's just the but perfect, then once she comes out, he wants nothing to do with it. It is the perfect storm of a report for the NFL. You want my theory as to I why? Mean, but the fact that Roger Goodell could say, man, you know, we really want to indefinitely suspend this guy and give him at least a season. But Sue Robinson is the expert, so we're going to have to go by what she here's, says here. Here's so my theory as to why. No. It's so the United States House of Representatives doesn't call him to the floor again and ask him why he can so definitively rule the way he wants to on this. But not Snyder. But not on Snyder or any other point of emphasis that the NFLPA would bring up in their appeal. That's good thinking. And now that the NFL, in this, in this setting, they can point to a former federal judge and what she recommended in Sue Robinson and what the NFLPA agreed to do. It's no different than um, settling a case and a civil case the way Watson's done. You know, it's like it's signed, sealed, done, and we move on. I I agree with you, but it's only one step removed from that. They could still call him back and say, look, you have a, a, a process set up, a disciplinary process, where you put in place somebody you and the NFLPA agreed on, and this woman decided that Deshaun Watson got X. Right. Where's your process for Daniel Snyder? Well, he would point to the independent investigator that he assigned to that okay, deal can we instead see the of report? the Snyder. But see, that, that's a completely different aspect of it. Right, but they just get right back where they left off. Well, they off. come right. back to that stupid, uh, we're protecting the people who uh, spoke to us in the report. Right, they all have agreed with, with us. But sir, you see what I'm saying. Way. Like, there's no defense. Like, I don't know how Goodell answers this by saying, like, the former federal judge who you appointed recommended six to eight games, and you came back over the top and did more. Why have you not done more than what was recommended for Daniel Snyder? Snyder? 
No. And that, and so it, why have you and the owners? You, you work on behalf of the owners. You're the voice of the ownership collective group. Why have you not done more? This is a way to simply point to a former federal judge, which is key here, who's been practicing as an attorney for the, the last five to ten years, I believe. Um, you point to that and say, this is what she saw based on the independent investigation that took place. That, like, that's the only thing I can come up with as to why you push for a full season and then agree to six to eight games. And we had John McClain on yesterday, and uh, he said this is unprecedented in the history of the league with what Deshaun Watson has been accused of with the amount of accusers. We've never seen anything like this. I'll also say it's pretty unprecedented that we've got this amount of accusers to go along with two grand juries not even filing charges, not even moving forward with a case. So looking at this from the NFL's perspective, if they want to defend themselves, or Sue Robinson does, that's a part of this they come back with. You know, if, if Roger Goodell gets called back in front to answer for this, and like you said, Hutton, he's going to say a former federal prosecutor, this was her recommendation. No, judge. Judge. And also, I'm supposed to carry more weight than two grand juries? That didn't even press charge? I'm already doing that by suspending the guy at all. So how much further do we go with it? There's, there's enough... And again, I'm not trying to adjudicate what's right and wrong and what the proper suspension is or any of that. Looking at this through the NFL's perspective, there's enough cloudiness of this story that they can throw out a lot of different things to protect whatever direction they want to go in, whether it be a full season suspension or six to eight games. There, there has been This has been an offseason of litigation for the league in, in, in many facets and branches of their offseason tree. Um. And now all of a sudden there, there is this rush to get this over with, right? There, there has been patience throughout from the disciplinary side of things. And without any, I haven't seen the formal, like it's officially over. The independent investigation is wrapped up and it's been turned over to Sue Robinson. Clearly it has. Yes. And she has also heard from the NFL and the NFLPA yesterday, according to reports on their lobby. And then after that, this report comes out from the Associated Press. There, there is this rush to conclude this from the NFL's perspective that is very intriguing. Because, I, I mean, we're a week, a week, we're a month from training camp opening up, and they want this completely wrapped up in some way, shape, or form from their side of things before they break camp at all, in, in not just in Cleveland, but across the league. Same way, I, I think they, they're trying to, they're trying to take uh, uh, Flores's lawsuit to arbitration. They're trying to get rid of that and, and, and get that over with. So there is, uh, and I haven't seen where that has been ruled on, but they have filed for that. Point being, I, I think they're trying to get to the regular season, get to the football, and leave all of this other mess in the shadows behind us and, and allow the topic to roll over to the actual games, which is what happened last year with this same scenario, with Watson and all the offseason mess. He was stashed away on the Houston roster, and then we didn't talk about it until the end of the season when he was traded. Yeah, uh, periodically we talked about how weird it was. Yeah, that, that he's it just sitting it was very there doing quiet. nothing. Yeah, uh, you know this this is all now a big wait uh, to see what comes down. It certainly created a lot of intrigue with the uh, you know six to eight uh, eight to six report uh, on the heels of you know seventeen plus or 17 with a petition to come back into the league report. So, um, 
eager to see where it comes down. I think the league may be willing to settle for the eight to six, but is probably rooting that she comes down. Oh, I, I, they're still lobbying for that. The the full indefinite suspension, which would be a ban where he has to then reapply for uh, reinstation, uh, be reinstated into the league. See, why the would they come public? Somebody must have leaked this other than the league because he wouldn't want to come public with this Goodell or the league that they'd be willing to deal with a lesser suspension for the reasons probably behind the scene that yeah. you're talking about, that he doesn't want to face the congressional part of this. So they may be saying that somewhere, but they hate that it got out. Absolutely hate that it got out. Yeah, and why would you, if the league holds the power in the appeal process, why do they care if it's appealed? That's my other thing. But again, it goes back to how Goodell would treat that, and that he would act on behalf of the league and well, the ownership. Well, what it, he could do if it's appealed to stay in line with what you're saying is... Assign it to someone? No, just say, she's the one whose job this is. I'm not going to interfere in her discipline. Yeah, we're going to go so by... So I pass on doing anything she was to appointed this. To do. That's what she was appointed to do. And it would have the same effect, right, as him, as there being no appeal. Give us your take on Twitter at Outkick360. More on this as news comes out throughout the day because the hearing continues as of right now. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Outkick360. Coming up in about 25 minutes or so, we have primary complaint. When we come back, we'll tell you about the ACC and how they have unveiled the new schedule format for football. Our take next on Outkick360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Primary complaints without Kick 360 in 15 minutes. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. TriStar Boxing has an event here coming up Friday night. Uh, three main, main card fights, I believe, based on the poster I was seeing outside. And um, they said, guys, we can, we can be a part of this broadcast if we want to. Weigh-ins and everything. I've got a... Uh... Family friend invited us over Friday night. Nice. Sounds like they're coming over for uh, fight night here. Yeah, it looks like uh, throw some gloves at them. Let's make this like Rondo and Ray Allen. Let's, yeah. let's duke this thing out. Let's box it out uh, after the show on Friday. Hopefully I can stick around and, and partake in a little bit of this uh, pugilism. 
It's going to take place at 6th and Peabody. We're going to learn more about this event, sanctioned uh, event, fully promoted uh, here at 6th and Peabody coming up this Friday evening. Uh, so the, the ACC has announced its schedule structure for uh, the upcoming calendars for all of the current teams across the Atlantic Coast Conference. Three primary opponents annually. I know we have a graphic for this. And uh, the other 10 teams will play two times during the four-year cycle. One main division is the key here. Um, So if you're looking at a possible crossover to what the SEC might, might be looking at, what we've been giving our opinion on moving forward. Um, the top two teams from this one main division in the ACC will then play for the championship in the first Saturday in December. That's the key here. The two divisions no longer there, and now you get the top two teams based on the schedule structure. All right, give me the, give me the rest. You play your three primary opponents annually. And then five rotating op- opponents that will cycle through every other year. So you play those opponents twice over four years. So you get to go everywhere in the conference, just like the SEC's plan would be. And now you can look at the, the primary opponents. So let's just take Florida State, for instance. Florida State and Miami, if you were just doing this, if you're mocking this up, and you said, okay, who should the primary opponents be for Florida State? Miami's on there. You also uh, put Clemson on there based on the, the recent matchups and the magnitude of those games. Like, I, I'm thrilled that the brands of Florida State, Clemson, and Miami are primary opponents. And they'll also play Syracuse on this list. Um, another example, Virginia Tech, Virginia, primary opponent. Virginia Tech and Pitt makes a ton of sense based on proximity. Wake Forest as well. Um, I think they've done and and put some thoughtful um, things together here. Duke and North Carolina are playing. That's a no-brainer. Also, Duke and NC State. I mean, you've got the research triangle represented playing each other every year. Duke, North Carolina, and NC State all within eight miles of each other, their campuses. And then you've got another in-state opponent that's another private school in Wake Forest for Duke I, but I you've got some that are nothing I can't find many issues other than what you said Paul in that um you know who's Georgia Tech's big rival other than Georgia right. outside their conference Virginia and Louisville that's nothing that's nothing but I, again I would argue Georgia Tech Clemson Georgia Tech Louisville and Georgia Tech Wake Forest nothing 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 which doesn't say a lot about Georgia Tech quite frankly who was relegated in my column by the way yeah, so they're not Duke even in Georgia this conversation in Chadsworth uh, if, if we had relegation. I think the teams that, that drive the interest. In the league. Yeah, that they did a nice job here. And it's a short-term primary opponent solution here. This is for 2023 through 2026. So they're not – I think what they've done is they have said, okay, here's what we are agreeing to as a conference – for scheduling purposes for the next handful of seasons. But if we need to go and revamp this, or if our model changes with current conference programs that are either joining, or if there is a, uh, an exodus from the NCAA where down the road we get to a, a mega conference, then you can structure this however you see fit. I like the short-term aspect to it, and it's just long enough, 2023 through 2026. It's also, I mean, 
this is the blueprint. Like the, the, it's not rocket science. It's it's kind of easy to figure out. It's going to be either or. When you go, you expand conference games and ha- add another one, and you eliminate divisions. You know, you're looking at probably two different models that make the most sense. And I think this is the one. And looking at this makes perfect sense to me. You're not going to get. You know, every team doesn't have that clear-cut, obvious rivalry game or games you have to keep every year. So none of it's going to be perfect. Well, the Virginia when you Tech, look it, Virginia Tech Miami will make some people unhappy. They, they have played every year since 92, and they've been playing since the 50s. But, again, like you can do this in the SEC and find examples of programs being left out. But if you're talking about – if you're asking me who I want to see Miami play every year – Florida State's got to be on that list. Absolutely. Like, first and foremost. And then you have to make – every think, scheduling model is not going to be created equal. Here's it's, a question. It's so difficult also for me to try to figure out what to do with a school like Boston College. Yeah. And clearly what they've done with Boston College is, let's make this the city school. <laughs> right? <laughs> let's get a Miami – hey, Miami and Boston. You know, Miami-New England has a nice little rivalry in the NFL – and in other sports, the, the Heat and the Celtics had a nice rivalry. Let's make Boston College and Miami an annual rival. Pittsburgh and Boston. You know, Pittsburgh school versus Boston school. Syracuse, which is the New York State school against Boston College. These are not games that get me excited, but quite frankly, I don't know what BC games would get me excited in what, the ACC. What happened to the Notre Dame tie? It's still there, but they... It's a non-conference game? They have refused to give up their independence, so they're not going to be in anywhere associated with the conference scheduling model. They just help them fill out their schedule with four or five games every year. They're a partner in scheduling. It would be an extra game. But there has been a financial... It's a non-conference game for them, but yeah. There has been a financial impact by scheduling Notre Dame on those throughout their schedule. Um, uh, The Athletic says $80 million increase on their on their revenue for the the fiscal year of 2020-2021. It's smart because this is a conference that right now is not gaining ground at all on the likes of the SEC or the Big Ten. They're probably losing ground right now. So uh, their their partnership with Notre Dame is a no-brainer. I think the scheduling model is a no-brainer for the ACC. And we're going to see something similar with the SEC. And they're going to eliminate divisions. This is all going to happen in short order – and it's going to be announced before Texas and Oklahoma join the conference. Well, and it's it's not the it's not Notre Dame's problem. That's an ACC problem that they've got to figure out about the the Irish and ultimately the 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 TV deal for the ACC with ESPN is extremely long term. It's like twenty thirty five is when the current deal is 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 set to expire. And of course, Notre Dame has NBC, so I'm not sure how you make that work if you truly were were to put everything together. And look, we all know that when Notre Dame decides to join a conference, they're going to join the SEC. So just yeah, like everyone else. They'll join a, a <laughs> They'll power join the league. Big Ten or the SEC. The Big Ten makes a ton more sense yeah. ton geographically, more. but financially, they might end up joining the SEC if the SEC extends an invite. Give us your thoughts at OutKick360. Um, coming up, primary complaint. We will also get into Freddie Freeman firing uh, his agency after the road trip in Atlanta wrapped up. This all happened the day after his last appearance at the plate in Atlanta. We'll, we'll discuss that decision and how the entire weekend went for Freddie in Atlanta 
And the comments from Clayton Kershaw about the whole scene in the ATL for Freeman. But first, our top grievance of the week, our primary complaint of the day, that's next on OutKick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody. We broadcast daily here in downtown Nashville with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up, we have uh, headlines, which includes the Major League Baseball commissioner, Rob Manfred, discussing leak expansion. More on the Watson hearing that's taking place right now for the NFL and the NFLPA with a possible suspension. And the U locking in a four-star quarterback and the payments that are reportedly out there for Jaden Rashada. Allegedly. Now, there's a lot of backtracking going on. Of course. Of course. I, that's where I'll start for primary complaint. While I don't think there will be backtracking initially, my primary complaint today is for Benedict Matherin, excellent player from Arizona. His backstory is something you should all look up. Uh, about how his brother passed away whenever I believe he was 16 years old and the path that he's been on since. But the quote to the Washington Post about whenever the Pacers play the Lakers and how he expects to match up with LeBron James, the quote is, I don't think anybody is better than me. LeBron is going to have to show me he's better than me. Here is my plea, and I'm going going ahead and, and putting the primary complaint out there. I want to hear from Benedict Matherin whenever he ducks and runs for cover as LeBron gets a fast-break opportunity on him in the second quarter of that first matchup. You stand in there and get posterized like everyone else has. Because if you're going to call out the king in King James, no matter how you feel about LeBron James, the guy, the player, nobody in this draft is better than LeBron James, period. Especially the sixth overall pick. That's my primary complaint. My primary complaint this week is Wimbledon fashion. And no, it's not the all-whites. I am someone who actually likes something that's stubbornly old-fashioned and classic like Wimbledon. What I don't like is this that I'm showing on screen right now and I'll tell you about. It's taking something that's classic and old-fashioned that I once worked at at, uh, Polo Ralph Lauren. At an outlet store, and yes, it's Loren, Loren. not Lauren, Polo Ralph Loren. I worked at an outlet store, and uh, a guy who worked there as a manager once told me, you know what's great about Polo? You can wear Polo if you're a seven-year-old boy or you're a 77-year-old man, and you are not out of style. At any time in life, you can wear that Polo logo, and you can be in style wherever you are. And I agree with him on that. Unless you take the Polo logo and you blow it up to something that's gigantic and gaudy and that's what Wimbledon has done with their officials this is their official ball boy jacket and I understand they want that polo logo to pop on television where you can see it but there's something called high definition television now (laughs) where I guarantee you if you had a normal size polo logo you'd still be able to see it 
and know that they are a sponsor of Wimbledon. You take something nice, classy, old-fashioned, that's a small logo on the shirt, and you blow it up into something that looks like it should be on a NASCAR jumpsuit. That's my primary complaint for Wimbledon and Polo Ralph Lauren. Velcro has taken taken a beating from me over the years. I, I think the banning of Velcro could help fix baseball's problems in terms of pace of play because guys fiddle with their gloves all day long. But I'm offering Velcro a, a reprieve here. My primary complaint, hospital gowns. Uh, I recently, uh, you know, I, I had this cancer spot removed. Some of you who were with us during that might remember it because every day we fielded a question about what was going on when I was wearing a Band-Aid and then after the Band-Aid when I had, uh, you know, stitches or a healing wound on my face. So now every six months I get the full body checkup looking for other potentially cancerous things on my body. So I go into the doctor and I put on the hospital gown. And you still have to reach behind yourself and try like hell to tie this. Maybe I'm going to go to this iron tribe, lose enough weight. I could reach around myself, getting Improve physical mobility. fitness, get my, my arms more flexible. Paul's reach around. But you have, to, you have to reach around. Thank you, Hutton. And tie this thing in a couple of spots. And it's really not an effective process. And it is 2022. Could be quite effective. Why wouldn't there be little Velcro tabs on the back of this gown where you could simply fasten it and fasten it? And then, uh, you know, if the doctor needs access or you need to help, you could, you know, unvelcro it and unvelcro it. The, the hospital gown is outdated, needs an update. Is there a cost reason for it? Like, I've always wondered the same thing. Like, why is, is this? I understand that they need easy access to examine or whatever, right? But, like, yeah, you could just have buttons also where you don't feel like, you know, you, what you are, which is nude in the back. When you're walking around or you're in one of those gowns. And just for the record, I was allowed to keep my underwear on. Okay. So I wasn't nude. I was nearly nude. It's always the awkward feeling, though, putting the gown on. It's very breezy. This, uh, oh, yeah. all, all doctor's offices get very cold breezy when cold. it's time to put on the hospital. Ice gown. cold. Does yeah, your like doctor during an exam, feels great. Uh, is it immediate underwear off when they're doing the exam? Or is there just like a short period of time where it's underwear down then up? This doctor... Uh, I had this conversation with someone, I don't remember who, but I was thrown off when someone said, oh yeah, you immediately just stripped down nude. No. In this doctor's office. Uh, well, they, they offer... The, mine offer instructions. Okay, uh, this is a female doctor, actually, but the, the nurse said, when she comes in, she's going to want you to be blah, blah, blah. So you can keep your socks and your underwear on. Yeah. And then she tested around the borders of the underwear, and she asked me if I had anything that I thought needed to look at. <laughs> This gives me an opportunity and, to plug. And I did not have anything that I thought needed to look at in that area. I'll but if I did, I would have unashamedly had her look at it. The uh, uh, comedian Brian Bates has a bit on YouTube. I highly recommend everyone searching after the show. Brian Bates and his, uh, his story about the hospital gown. Brian Bates, who famously has a downtown condo that is not downtown. It's in East Nashville. <laughs> yeah. Actually. Overlooks downtown. But it looks at downtown. You can yeah. see downtown from his condo. So yeah, he I'm says still waiting on my invitation to drink at his downtown condo. Going back to uh, the, the polo shirts and the logo. That's small compared to they, some uh, I've seen. Oh, well, yeah, I've the seen one some that really the, bad ones. The like one the lines judge, I couldn't find it. I was just searching the images, but that's yeah. the official one they sell. The one that the lines judge I see wearing, 
I mean, it's the size of half the jacket. Yeah, if you walk through Macy's, they've got shirts now that has yes. it. Like, it's, it's not. It goes from that little horse on your thing to like it takes up the full breast, if you will. But they, the marketing I don't, value. I don't even understand who would like to buy that. No. And it's almost like they came in and said, "You know what? We should make polo, but worse. Yeah. <laughs> what do we let's need? Go big. I think we should change our image to trashier. Let's go. Let's sell it for less and make it bigger. Well, and I don't think it's less. More and, and worse. But they, I think it's just as expensive. I, I don't terrible. know when they, this turned into what they became. But they are the Kleenex of tissue paper. Like they, you don't. I don't refer to this as a any shirt. As a yeah. collared shirt, short sleeve collared shirt is a polo shirt to me. Yep. Yeah. That's what I ask for, even though it has nothing to do with the brand itself. Was that a big deal at some point to have a polo shirt that was an actual polo shirt with the logo on it? No, I mean uh, it was for us. Like you I mean, had no, to I mean, have it was, those. It's always been extremely an extremely expensive brand based on what you could buy, like, you know, other brands. IZOD comes to mind. I'm trying to think of the other ones. Uh, the polo always represented more value that you were wearing, right? But yeah. I, and and they, they hold up over time. It was also a better shirt. Like, they yeah. fade Well, nicely. and it's also, it's called a polo shirt because the sport polo. Polo was smart to identify with their logo, the guy on the horse playing polo, polo. and turning their brand into Polo Ralph Lauren. So now, by association... We think polo when doing that. You say it's Loren. all polo shirts, but we automatically think about that logo. You say Loren, but like some who say Grable, I, I'm just going to say Lauren. It's fine. You can say it however you want. I'm just telling you how the, they taught us to say it at, at polo. Your folding skills, uh, do you still put them to use? I need a folding um, board. They have one it. here. Do they? Yeah, they use oh, them every they day. They do a lot of folding here. Yeah, they have, a Maybe they have more of, shorts here than at the, the I, Ralph Lauren. I forgot that uh, people had the at. folding board. I thought they were hand folding everything out there, In but they've got this little terrific. contraption that folds the yeah, shirts. I mean, it's perfectly. just, it looks like um, the back of, you know, if you were writing on something and you had a clipboard, yeah. it just looks like that without the clip. And you fold on that. Maybe on a future primary complaint, I'll break out the folding Who board. Who had more shirts, doing. your outlet store or Old Smokey? Probably Old Smokey, honestly. They may sell more, too. Well, now they, they do. go through I don't them, think man. It I don't know if the outlet mall exists anymore in Lebanon. I'm not sure what's there. People walk, senior citizens walk around. It was bustling back in 2000. Let me tell you that much. Headlines next, including Major League Baseball expansion. The commissioner has once again weighed in on the issue and topic.